listening to Confessions of a CEO. This is the show where I'll be taking you behind the laptops and lives of some of the best and brightest female minds in the online business game. The frank, funny, and inspiring chats that we have behind closed doors are about to be revealed. This is the secret sauce that you need to hear that's going to help you and blow your mind at the same time. No fluff, just all of the honest good stuff. I'm your host, Mel Moore. I'm a CEO, embodiment, and business coach for female online entrepreneurs. And I'm also the founder of a boutique, virtual assistant agency. I'm so excited you're here. Let's dive into today's episode. Welcome, welcome, welcome to your weekly episode of Confessions of a CEO with me, your host Mel. I am profitable offer strategist and business coach and today I'm joined by my online friend Beth Jenkins and this is a fantastic conversation. If you are considering switching from virtual assistant to OBM, it's an incredibly value, valuable, can't get my words out, valuable episode. So without further ado, let me introduce Beth to you. She is an online business manager and system strategist, and she supports business owners to optimize their businesses so that they can actually experience the freedom that they set out to achieve. With over six years of experience working in large UK charities and client and partnership development, and a passion for bringing simplicity and flow to the online space, she started her business to support other CEOs to create a business that is sustainable and profitable. Key things that I love so much. So without further ado, let's dive into today's episode. Well, hello. Welcome, Beth. I'm very excited to have you. I'm really looking forward to this conversation about your journey from where you came before, being a VA, to being an OBM, to now being an OBM and having a job. And I think that this is such a beautiful conversation to have about giving permission to all the seasons of your business and not making it wrong and doing what feels good for you. So tell us a little bit about your background, because I know for me, when I started as a VI, I, I was just, I had, someone told me about it and I had no concept that it was even a possibility in the landscape of the online business world. I had no idea. So how did you come to find it and kind of what led you into becoming a VA and this whole path that you've been on? So I was, I was actually traveling New Zealand at the time during the COVID situation. Oh. So I was traveling in the middle of all of that. And I was already in New Zealand and then it happened and we were there and actually we were probably one of the best places to be. So it worked out really mm. well for us. So yeah, very, very grateful for that. But during that time, I I had seen bits about a VA. I was looking at kind of travel agency stuff because I love all of that. And it kind of just gave me a bit of a, it just opened my mind to, oh, actually, there is something going on in this online world that I could potentially be doing on the side, or I could be doing a few hours here and there. I could be getting some money in or, so I didn't obviously no income coming in while you're traveling. I did, I did work for a month, but that was it. And I just thought maybe I could be doing something or maybe I could use this time to, to learn more and to understand you know, what happens in the online space and is there anything I could do that I would enjoy that so I didn't have the dread of the end of the travel is over, I go home and then I just go to another job and it just continues the same cycle. Let me ask you something there actually, because I think it's so interesting. I came in with kind of very, very limited view of the online space. And now that I'm fully embedded in it, I'm so aware of all this messaging around become a VA because you can earn X, Y, Z, 10K months and 100 grand years and all this stuff. And that's kind of a real bone of contention. But I was a little bit innocent when I came into it. I didn't even have goals like that. I was just like, replace my salary. Thank you very much. What did you see of any of that, if any? Because I'm wondering whether when you started, it was different. 
or whether you just didn't have the awareness. Like I'm curious to the messaging and like what you were thinking about, like just earning money and what the possibilities you thought were at the time. So for me, I think it's a bit different because I wasn't escaping a job. I didn't need to I didn't need to replace anything right there and then. There wasn't a huge amount of pressure. It was just kind of an yeah. explore and see what's there. If I can make a little bit of money on the side. Obviously I had my savings while I was traveling, so it wasn't critical that I'd had to get that money in immediately. So it was very much a oh what's all this about oh what's a VA oh how does this work what do people do do they you know do I need to go back to a job or can I do this a few hours a day or so it was very much a a really nice kind of welcome into the online space a gentle slide in <laughs> yeah initially it was it was great it was like dipping my toe in and just kind of just seeing how it was all I think you're one of the first people that I followed actually that was a VA oh how funny I feel like you're you know, you obviously taught me of what a VA was and how you were doing your business and mm. how you started your business. I was like, oh, this makes sense. This is all starting to click in. I didn't know that. And it was through a travel Instagram account, actually, that I initially found people doing the digital nomad yeah. stuff and yeah. the, you know, all of that. So yeah. when you started, what kind of stuff were you doing and who were you doing it for? So I, I started on Upwork while I was traveling. <laughs> well done to you for that. It's not easy. I had a really nice experience on Upwork, actually. That's good. It just happened. And I think it was, again, there was no pressure on it. It was like, okay, I'll sign up. I'll see how this works. I'll chat to a few people. I might put an application in for this. So I ended up getting my first VA client there who was based in Australia and she was a coach. I think I did some of her sending out her contracts to her her clients, her memberships and lots of different bits like mm-hmm. that. So, And I did some kind of PDF designs, you know, this really basic stuff yeah. that I was like, this is great. I can do this. I can mm-hmm. do this my, so my boyfriend was working in New Zealand at the time. I wasn't working. So I was like, I can do this for two hours today and then I can go off for a coffee and for the rest of the day. <laughs> so it was great. It fed into the travel life perfectly. And yeah, like I said, no no crazy stories of Upwork. And then when did you decide to take it seriously? Been in New Zealand for 10 months. I came home. We were in quarantine for two weeks. We were both sitting there looking at each other like, what are we going to do? <laughs> How is this going to... Are we just going to go back into a job? Are he, yeah. and my God was fine with that. He was happy to get you know, nine till five, that's what he loves doing. Great. But for me, I was like, this is not what I want to do. So <laughs> I am not going to be applying for jobs. That is not happening. So what can I do? What can I build on? Mm-hmm. And I had so many ideas as you do. I did a Prince's yeah. Trust course, like a, I think it was like an entrepreneur's kind of, yeah, it was really good. It was lovely. It was just kind of that injection that I needed of, okay, you've got an idea. So how, what can we do from here? Let's do a bit of a business plan. Let's get, mm. have a bit of a grant to help you on your way. And just really nice kind of environment to come in. And again, there was no pressure I was yeah. in quarantine it was two weeks I was going to be moving back into my parents home so I had no pressure of financial it didn't have to happen right now Mm-mm. it did in a few months obviously to live and then from your do you mind me asking what you first charge pounds per hour I'm always so curious about people's trajectory <laughs> oh um I think on Upwork it was 12 to 15 pounds an hour yeah I started at 15 pounds an hour as well <laughs> 15 rings a bell when I started the business after the Princess Trust course, mm-hmm. I think I was 20, 20 nice. and I so, <laughs> look back now and you're like, oh, how cute, right? Five pound extra I gave myself there. <laughs> <laughs> you, you graduated to 20 pounds an hour. Now we're like, absolutely not. So you obviously got your teeth into it and really enjoyed it. 
and from there you made this kind of transition and sort of slight like lateral pivot into being an OBM. What was it that made you think about even switching over into, you know, moving into that kind of next phase of it? Because not everybody wants to go from VA to OBM or even understands what OBM is. So kind of what is it to you? What made you choose it? And what helped you shift over? So I think for me, when I started the business, I had my VA clients and I had a lot of them. Good. <laughs> so it <laughs> happened really quickly. And I was like, oh my word. <laughs> and I could already see like 12 months in a, you know, 12 months from yeah. now, I was like, am I going to have this many clients and still be able to manage it and still be able to grow my business if I wanted to? What did I want that to look like? So I had all these thoughts and kind of fears of, oh my God, this could end now or it could just keep going and going and going how am I going to keep keep this up it's a lot and there's a lot it takes a lot of headspace as a VA to be jumping in and out of all of these different businesses Mm. understanding all the tiny little details of that business so you can help them understanding the business owner there's just a there's a lot involved so there's a for me I thought there's only so many VA clients I can manage myself so I went through the phase of bringing an associate to help me um, was I going to build, you know, a, a bigger agency or how is that going to look? And it took me a while to, to figure out that I didn't want, I didn't want the agency model. That's not, not what I saw myself doing. So I moved into kind of Dubsado setups and doing more project work, work alongside some of those VA clients, oh. which I really loved. I loved the project work. I loved doing the, the short term, helping them really bringing that kind of injection of experience in just in a short term and just saying, this is everything you need. Here you go. You're good to go. And I really liked that. So I did that for maybe a year. And again, I, so many people kept coming through the door. The Dubsado setups just kept coming and coming yeah. and coming. Thinking, oh and, my. and what did that do to your income in terms of changing it over? Because you can charge significantly more to do projects and setups like that. I mean, don't have to give me specifics, but like what kind of changed for you in terms of when you made that transition? I still had my core VA clients. So Mm -hmm. I always had that security of the monthly income was going to be a certain amount. So I was always secure and I always need that, which I... Yeah, the retainers. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I was like, okay, I always need these because this is my nice kind of security and that's great. So those projects, they were just an amazing... I think it gave me an insight to what it could be because that injection of cash that was coming in every, I don't know, whatever, every few months or whatever, that kind of gave me a, oh, okay, this is how we get to the next level. This is how we Mm -hmm. jump up uh, the next kind of... Of milestone or whatever that looked like not that I do financial yeah. milestones for myself but it just gave me that oh okay this is this is the way forward yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah those Dubsado setters were going great and I I think like most well majority of VAs I started to realize that for one or two clients I was probably doing more than a VA should be doing like what give me an example <laughs> So I was doing more strategy. I was, you know, I was actually suggesting things that they could be using and putting more processes in place in terms of the actual structure of it. So maybe doing some more of the SOPs and, and talking through the whole kind of client journey because I'd done the dub setup, setups and that's what I do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. With the VA client, I ended up doing like the whole client mapping experience within that. And I was like, yeah. okay, this isn't, no. You're like, no. this seems more expensive a service than what I'm being paid right you had the discrepancy between the two and after a while was your brain thinking hmm what am I going to do now (laughs) yes and I found that I really enjoyed doing that stuff so I was like okay well I really like this bit of what I'm doing I like this strategy I like this mapping out I like coming into the business and saying 
why don't we try this? Or have you thought about this tool? What if we use the automate this section of, you know, this process or all of those bits? And I was like, okay, this is what I really like doing. So this is telling me that the VA role is no longer what I really enjoy doing the most. Mm. So that's kind of, you know, I I feel like for for a lot of OBMs, it sort of moves in that way that you're, you identify that you're already doing it in some ways. Yeah. It's just about how, how did you make the switch? Because this is the sticking point for a lot of VAs that I see is they, they don't hate the VA work, but they just realize that there's, they're doing another level of it, but they're not the package, the price, none of that is right. And there's a kind of a, well, how do I, package it get it to that next level price it offer it so what kind of steps did you take to actually put it all together and that be a service for you to offer I knew pretty early on to be able to switch into an OBM myself but also to be able to switch my audience to Mm. OBM audience which I think was something I didn't quite get my head around initially Mm -hmm. because it's a completely different sort of level and client that you're looking for when you go from that VA to an OBM so I knew that I needed support in that because you know I hadn't I hadn't done it I hadn't taken that step to to something else and I needed all of that packaged up so I needed the the service I need help with the service I needed the help on my website you know all of these bits I needed help with my marketing how I was talking to my audience so early on I uh, got I got a mentor to work with straight straight away and it really because I was like yeah. do you know what I, and I wanted to work with a mentor that had had been there and done that mm-hmm. exactly what I'd done not kind of somebody that was maybe you know specialized in marketing or whatever I needed yeah. somebody that was I've done this mm-hmm. this is how this world works yeah <laughs> so that's what I did I did and I had the support that I needed mm. all the way through the transition building out the services and just having someone to say to you no, that's not going to work. Or mm-hmm. why don't you think about this? Or no, you're not charging enough for that. Or what, you know, what kind of model do you want? What, just all of those questions. It's yeah. so valuable to have somebody talking back to you. Yeah. How did you choose that mentor? Cause it's one of the things I think a lot of people are like, this is, I need that person. I just don't know who they are. How did you find yours? I think it was the usual, the usual kind of in your circles again you see people tagging people and you yeah. think oh okay that's interesting and and then you kind of start to follow them you engage in them a bit more so it was it was very much referrals and people you know someone talking about that person or yeah. moving them around and it's just yeah whoever's in your circles and I'm very much a person that that will invest in I will do my work of checking with other people and saying like what oh have you worked with her or can I have a chat with you about this or you know I will definitely do that work because Check I, I the recommendations folks and always <laughs> always 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 always. and double check (laughs) oh yes oh yes 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 definitely how quickly did you stop doing the VA stuff after that because it sounds like you were shifting in you're already well into Dubsado and then it looked as if it sounds as if you wanted projects and maybe retainers in this kind of systems and strategy side to replace the VA work so how quick how quickly were you able to do that not not that quickly to be honest so Mm -hmm. I I still had maybe three VA clients at the point that at the end of last year, actually. So I was still, I was still working with them because they were the ones that I really liked. Always the way. (laughs) And I still work with one actually. I love her. It's, I feel like it's a nice kind of mixture of, you obviously go into it thinking, right, I'm going to replace them and get rid of them in the nicest way possible. But actually you really like them. And I, I quite like the work I do for them. And I thought, do you know what? This is quite a nice piece to hold on to. So I'm going to hold on to her. Uh, and I've got an OBM client. So it's kind of balancing balancing the two. And it makes it 
challenging. It makes it different every day. I feel like I can keep in touch with the VA side of stuff. So in my OBM yeah. clients world, I can, you know, I'll know the VA, I'll know VAs that can work with me, what they can do. So I feel like it does give me a, the best of both at the moment. That's amazing. And I love that. And I see this a lot. And I think there's such an important point to kind of like note for folks is that when we start to make changes in our business, they don't have to happen overnight. We don't have to buy into the the marketing stuff that suddenly there's this lever that you pull that you switch or kind of take that next step to create a different service that matches the elevated skills that you've grown and developed from like VA to OBM and strategy head. You don't have to switch it on overnight. Like you get to do it in your own time. And I think that's one of the biggest things as you sort of, it, you, you, I think people imagine there's a precipice where they're just like making the switch and everything that came before just no longer exists. Whereas you can bring that old service with you for as long as it serves you and <laughs> you get to decide and then you get to continue so that it's about the sustainably stacking it, right? That's the biggest yeah. thing. Doing it I, as long as you enjoy the different pieces, I think that's yeah. the main the main thing. And for me, and I think a lot of, business owners may think the same that you get frustrated at the lack of progress quickly so you've decided you want to be an OBM and then in two months time you're like okay why hasn't this happened yet (laughs) this is annoying (laughs) yes like I said you have to change the audience you have to change the business you have to change your message it everything needs and that takes time it's not something that you switch, like you said, switch off the VA and the OBMs come flooding in because they don't know what you do. You're still a VA. Why would they need you? Why would they need anything different? Yeah. It takes a lot of time. I mean, it's taken, it's probably taken me over six or seven months, I think, to change, to fully change mm-hmm. my messaging and my marketing and everything around that. Mm, that's a permission giving, isn't it? Because it doesn't, it, it takes as long as it needs to take and it's not, and it's an enjoyable process though. That's the thing. It's a good thing you're moving towards and you're doing it in a way that feels comfortable because yes, that audience changes. So is a significant part of it because your messaging will change. So how did you, what would you say is like kind of the difference where you're like, right, I need to speak to a different audience. So the messaging needs to change. What was the thing that you changed and how did you figure out who you were talking to? Like how, what were the changes that you made? So I think for me, the, the main thing was was explaining the strategy behind. So as the VA, you were maybe talking about certain things. So you're talking about freeing up time. You're talking about you know saving money or delegating better or those kind of things. But actually, the, the OBM messaging was more of the strategy. Why do you need those things? What, what are these things going to allow you to do? So I think that change is actually just the strategy level. So just, yes, you need all of these things. Yes, you will need a VA. But you also need somebody that is going to manage the business in between because while you have a VA and it's just you, you're still going to be pouring your time and energy into this. So why don't you have a VA that can take care of all of this for you and can be the buffer in between? So I think the messaging there was just, it's just bringing it up to the OBM level and having a whole view of the business rather than kind of silos of the business, which a VA would take part Mm -hmm. of little parts of it. And then, yeah, the VA will have a holistic view. So it's definitely a big change for me to understand the difference. And to I could understand it in myself, but to be able to talk about it and to put it into my messaging, that was a whole different thing. Yeah. And it's it's probably a different kind of business owner as well, because someone who's sort of like, I'm, I'm booked and busy and I just need someone to take the admin off. So I'm going to get 20 to 40 hours back a month winning. That's what they see. Whereas someone coming into working with you in systems and strategy very much alike, 
I'm the busy, busy CEO who's maybe hit a growth phase, maybe had some significant income through clients and bill, and they just know don't have the structure from being a solo entrepreneur. And you're the person that kind of puts in this like skeleton backbone almost retrospectively to then structure it so it can move forward. But they still need the VA to do the tasks underneath. So you're that overseeing eye between the, it's almost like the MD to the CEO yeah. kind of thing. That's how I always say it to people. And so tell us what you geek out on when you are doing these sort of systems and strategies with people. Because obviously you've still got like, tech systems that you do set up. So how does it work now in your packages and what kind of, what does it look like to work with you? So the part that I absolutely, my favorite, favorite, favorite part <laughs> of any of any service is that initial 60 or 90 minutes. That's like the deep dive of I'm on, I'm on a call with them face to face. We're talking through the business. We're talking through all the little strands of it. I'm asking questions that sometimes are challenging. <laughs> <laughs> like what? Why did you decide to use this? Is it actually working for you? And then, <laughs> Yeah, it works fine. But is it actually working for you? What, what What's annoying about this? What's really stressing you out about this? And then it all, the floodgates open. How funny. <laughs> yeah, it's like, I'm just going to look right under the hood, right yeah. under the hood. <laughs> I, I love it because it's like on the ground, it's it's kind of organic and you're, you're bouncing off each other and it's, you know, the, the things pop into my head, stuff pops into their head. We've got a general structure of the session, obviously the bits that we're going to cover, but it always goes into like a hundred different directions for whoever <laughs> it is. So, and I just love the, the buzz of just get, just, I think it's tr- troubleshooting for me. It's just, okay, why is that an issue? Okay. How can we fix that? Right. Why don't we try this? Or I, I feel like it's that it, it speaks to my efficiency ways, which is, I am in everyday life, which is very, I was thinking about this the other day, but I can't even think of an example, but just things that I'm just generally quite an efficient person. Yeah. With everything. Type A organizer. <laughs> I'm just like, okay, that works. That doesn't work. That's not efficient. That's not, and that's just general. It's how your brain functions, right? So this is why it's such a good home for all of the way that your brain works, all of your experience to just kind of be somewhere that makes sense for it and how you operate. And then you get to make money out of it. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that shift from, so I don't offer standalone Dubsado setups now because I love the, the initial call and being in the business. And I, I, one of the other reasons for moving to, to an OBM role is also because I loved being in the business and actually understanding it, understanding that person. So actually, while the Dubsado setups were great and I love the actual tech behind it, I was then leaving that person and then I was like, Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> There's probably other things that I could be doing in their business that would help them outside of Dubsado. But you know, all the task was to do the Dubsado setup and then step away. So as an OBM, I can do the setups, I can do all the geeky stuff that I love, but I'm also there when things maybe change in six months' yeah. time, or we want another system, or this happens, or we're doing a launch, or a, I'm just really fully in the business. And I really, yeah, yeah I really, really crave that sort of team environment, I guess, yeah. as well. It's interesting that it's the transition, you know, moving into OBM, uh, Dubsado setups, and then feeling at some point like that was actually limiting your capacity to help. Mm. And so you then were like, okay, I need to stretch this. How do I stretch it? What does that look like? And then it becomes the systems and strategy OBM. And I assume that that's on a retainer, right? A a minimum. Yeah, yeah. So I do OBM retainers. And then the other service I offer are deep dive sessions, which again is where I I love. (laughs) So they can just be a standalone deep dive where we do all of this, they get the action plan from me and they can implement themselves if they feel the Mm -hmm. confident. If they're confident or they have team members, they can do that. 
Do you often find that once you've done the deep dive and you've kind of given them your recommendations and what they can walk away with to implement themselves, they turn around and go, could you do that for me? Yeah. <laughs> so it moves into like the ops consultancy, which is like a short term project, which I only offer after a, do- a deep dive because ah, yeah, you need to have the initial mm-hmm. and then you can go away if you're happy and you can go away and implement that in your own time. Or you can just say, can you do it, please? <laughs> okay, so your offer ecosystem is your deep dive short session could be a one-off, send them on their way with the strategy and the way to do themselves. They could then take that next level up, which is for you to then implement the strategies and suggestions you've made. And what's the next version up from that, the longer term one? That's the retainer, the OBM retainer then. Mm. So I'd be it fully in the business for the long for the long haul. Love that. And do you have a set minimum with that or how do you run that? With the OBM retainer? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I do uh, up to 20 hours and up to 30 hours. So there's only two two versions. They start on the on the, the 20 hours because I think it's a nice kind of intro and there's a three month minimum. So we do three months and then we, we review that and see how it goes. And then we'll yeah continue from there. And so things shifted a little bit for you in all of this. Um, and so tell us what you did next. <laughs> yeah, it feels crazy, actually, now talking about it. So towards the end of last year, with all of this change, with the slight frustration that comes with the slower progress than you expect, which is always going to be slower than you expect. So and with my thoughts of what I wanted to happen in my business, in my life, what I wanted, saving to buy a house, all of these things that I had bubbling in the background, I suddenly felt that I didn't feel very stable. I felt like there was lots of things in the air. Lots of things were coming. People kept telling me, it is coming. It is coming. Like, yeah, I know, I fully, I'm fully aware it is coming. I do yeah. trust it is coming. But something needs to help me while that's happening. I need some support. I need st- some more stability to enable me to do everything else that I want to do. So it really took me, it took me a while actually to, to think, okay, there probably is another way that I could be doing this. I don't need to solely focus on the business. There could be something else that might help me in other ways. So I started looking for part-time roles. Love it. I was just looking. (laughs) (laughs) And then what happened? (laughs) Sort of consultancy, maybe one or two days a week. Um, I was, my my previous role is in corporate fundraising. So I always always worked for charities. So that felt like quite a safe avenue for me to yeah. go down this job came up and it was two days it was literally everything that I on my oh. list it was two days a week it was fully remote it was working for a charity it was project management and I was like okay <laughs> someone's trying to tell me something <laughs> too good to turn down my motto is just try just try just go to the interview do the application just try turn up see mm-hmm. what happens if after that it's a no fine if after that is a yes, I'll then think about what happens next. Yeah, but just be open to it, right? Yeah, I've always done that with any job or anything. Yeah, I just started opening myself up. I put, I think I put it on my uh, social media. I said, I'm looking for this. this and I wanted to be open and honest because mm. I didn't, I don't feel like it should be something that we hold. We just keep it close. We, oh, we don't want to tell you about that because yeah. it might mean that we're failing a business or it might mean that, oh, actually, this isn't working for her. So maybe I don't, it's just, yeah, all of those horrible thoughts that you have, which I definitely had. I was going to say, because were you, I was going to ask you, were you immune to having those thoughts yourself about how do I, how do I tell the world that while my business is growing, I'm going to do something else to support myself? 
and your brain will do all kinds of things. And what did your brain do? I think it did help that I had, well, it definitely helped that I, ha- that I had a mentor mm. because we talked it through and the questions she asked me to come back at me to say, but what? But why can't you do that? What What does it actually mean? And I was like, it doesn't mean anything. It means nothing. For me to get a job, it means nothing to anybody else. Yeah. It just means and then the questions were, you know, things like, what's that going to allow you to do? How much money are you going to get monthly from that job? How much pressure is that going to ease from the business, from you? What's going to, are you going to be able to invest like you want to invest? Are you going to be able to save? Are you going to be able to, I don't know, save another pot for my mum's birthday next year? She's 60, so I want to save some money for that. And that. While, while I had the business, there were so many other things to think about with that income from the business that I couldn't even think about those things because it was just like, no, we can't, no, we've just got to focus on the income and what I'm doing with this. Those questions made me realize that actually, if it eases the pressure, it makes me more confident and more relaxed in the business, Mm. then why not just do it? What's what's the difference? What's the difference going to be to anybody else or any of your clients or your audience or whatever? Uh -uh. And yeah, it just took the conversation basically do it and I already know the answer but what was the reaction like when you did tell people what to tell the old Instagram world and socials oh my god the amount of people that messaged me and said I've got a job I don't tell anyone or I've been thinking about this for months thank you so much for talking about this because I've thought about it and haven't mentioned it because I thought it would be a failure stigmatized um, yep other people that had gone in touch saying I thought about it and decided it wasn't for me I was like great because you've thought about it at least yeah. you've been open to it and you've you've realized okay that's not what I want to do mm. great fine but as long as you're open to the different I described it as it's just a different income stream uh-huh. that's all it is it's just exactly. we talk about different income streams in our business so why can't we have another income stream outside of the business absolutely and I wish that we could destigmatize this and if there is anyone feeling any like internal shame about the idea of taking a part-time job or even a full-time job so that you can bring the love back into your business because sometimes that gets a little bit lost when we're just it changes the way we make decisions when we need financial stability right and if you can remove that pressure so that you can make decisions in your business that feel good it will (laughs) reduce the amount of time you spend in difficult decisions it will ease it will make that easier. Really, words are hard today. It will make it easier for you to make decisions that make sense for your business without the pressure of needing to bring the money in and possibly saying yes to the wrong client or yes. the pressure to show up versus the joy of just being in your business and serving, right? It alleviates so much of that. And it really does. It really yeah. does. And I think also the so many people talk about the freedom of business, the freedom life, <laughs> the whatever that whatever that phrase is that you use. Oh, yeah. uses. But we don't consider that to have the freedom that you want, you need stability. Oh, yeah. It can't all be, it can't all be kind of sporadic and whatever, because that's not going to give you the stability that you need. Uh-huh. So yes, I had the time freedom. I had, I did have the location freedom, but I didn't have the financial freedom to give me the rest. Yeah. <laughs> it didn't, it didn't all match up. Mm. It just didn't fit into place. Yeah. Cause I know some of your values, especially cause you share them online so beautifully are, time and location freedom which is you wanted the money to be able to travel and to explore because it's a big part of who you are and what you love and it's almost like the reward for the business is the things that it gives you and that's very much one of yours so what has having how's the juggle been and what has having this um, part-time job done for you how does it made you feel so the juggle the juggle between the two initially was quite scary you know when I when I took the job and I thought oh how is this gonna work (laughs) I'm not really knowing 
you know, what the te- what the job, what they were like, what the te- how flexible were they going to be? Mm-hmm. New job nerves. But they, yeah, exactly. But they were honestly, and they are incredible. It's totally flexible. As long as they do the hours that I'm contracted to do, they can be done any time in the week, which is Amazing. exactly what I needed because I couldn't, I do have the fixed days, but that's more for me. That's not the pressure from them. So I work Mondays and Wednesdays for the in the job and then the rest is for the business, Amazing. but it's very flexible. The reason that that's given me so much confidence and so much, it's eased the pressure, which has given me the confidence to show up more in my business, to talk about business without it feeling like it's like, yeah, it's just the, it is the pressure that it comes down to the pressure. It just comes down to feeling a lot more relaxed in my business and trusting more that things will come and it will come and they have, you know, they have come and more will come, Mm -hmm. but it is coming now because of, I'm just showing up when I actually want to show up and I'm doing the work when I want to do the work and I'm, I'm able to meet team members in my job and have the team kind of environment, which I love and I thrive off meeting people face to face to face and having nice, you know, coffee dates with them or going for lunch. I've got a team day this week and it's just, it gives me all of the stuff that I was missing. Yeah. Cause I think that's one of the, the adjustment things that can be quite difficult when you work for yourself is you are kind of alone until you feel you're confident enough to reach out and meet people, but they're not always physically near you to actually meet them in person. So you end up with, again, more virtual relationships, which are beautiful and save us, definitely save our sanity a lot of times. But Mm. there is something, yes, about that physical presence of people around and that camaraderie and that teamness. So I think it's, I think it's really beautiful what you've done. And if it, if this conversation does anything, I really hope it takes the stigma away from you listening today, whoever you are and deciding what you need to do for you and make it not mean anything about you or your business. Exactly. Yes, absolutely. Thank you so much for listening. I'm so grateful you hit play. And if you liked what you heard, please leave a review, especially on Apple and hit subscribe so you never miss a new episode. If you love this and think someone else would too, then don't be shy. Share it with them. Let's inspire even more women. And every year I will be offering one woman a coaching scholarship. And the time is now. So if you think you know someone who would benefit from three months of one-to-one business coaching with me, head to the show notes and you'll find all the details and the link to apply. Good luck. Oh,